Hello everyone and welcome to Beyond the Ball. I am Kali. Um sorry, you just got copied Connor's message there. Yes, you are Kali. Well easily easily <laughs> distracted. <laughs> uh, I have Kali this week. We are joined by Big Paddy. Paddy, what's happening? What's the crack, lads? Good week of football all around. And when I say all around, I mean all around me because you know, I don't agree. <laughs> Oh, this is going to be the fucking team of tonight, isn't it? <laughs> uh, and, we, and we have Connor as well. Connor, what's happening? <laughs> Looks like he's after coming out high. Couldn't hear any of his. You do you, Connor. Right, lads. Depressing football. Um, Paddy, big grin on his face. Me and Connor are slightly depressed. Uh, we are currently watching Liverpool as well. Um, I think so. I think we're watching yeah, well, we have spores on, which is incorrect. <laughs> Paddy needs to sort that show. Um, <laughs> I don't know why he would need to sort out because I mean we're doing stuff that's not illegal and like that. Um, but yeah, lads, it's I fucking hate football. I'm back to hating it. Um, so we're going to be talking about it because we hate it so much. So lads, we're going to be talking about obviously the weekend football the results. We'll be going through each match and. Getting the representative's opinion of their club. Uh, then we're gonna look at the fancy football. We'll have a quick update on the uh, on the league, and then we'll look at the weekend's football. So, lads, we're not gonna dick around. We're gonna jump straight into the football review. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna do for crack. I'm gonna go live on Instagram as well. Um just for a laugh. I'm gonna ignore it, but I'm gonna stick it on for the laugh so people can just watch me talking to a screen. They won't be able to hear anybody else, but um it'll be a great laugh. <laughs> great laugh, great laugh for everyone. Um so yeah. Lads, first game we're talking about. Unfortunately, it was Chelsea and Brighton. Um do you have any questions to ask me, lads? Because I I don't like football. So, really, a, a Chris Potter out? No comment. No comment. Yeah, no comment. No, absolutely. Chris Potter out. Yeah. Chris Potter has to go. Really? Um, it wouldn't give him a bit of time? No, no. I, I didn't want him coming in. I didn't want him coming in as manager as, as it was. So, I, I, lads, I said it at the very start. I said I wasn't going to give him an inch. If as soon as the results went, I said I was going to fucking jump on him. Um, the performances have been slipping. And we've been getting lucky results because of world-class uh, keeper performances. And now they're not happening. So I know it's only one result, but it's enough for me to feed off it. And I'm going to call for his fucking head. And that's that's going to be the team of it. You're, you're can, making... Can uh, drop that out to you say, I'm not going to call for his head. And it makes yeah. it seem like <laughs> you're, um, you're making Chelsea fans seem a bit like uh, spoiled children. Because... Okay, he came in, and because you didn't even know his name at the start for the first couple of weeks, he was in charge. <laughs> but you didn't know. Let's be real here. Because he wasn't a big name. He wasn't a big Abramovich no. name that, like, you know, he'd paid big bucks for. You know, he's just some bloke off the street. Um, <laughs> you just don't want him there. I just it's ter- a typical Chelsea plastic fan. I just, but look, I if you were a Chelsea fan and you went from Thomas Tuchel to fucking Chris Potter, um, we went from Jose Mourinho then... to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. <laughs> yeah, I know, but. You you've had ex, like extremely bad results before he was sacked, and the fans were nearly calling for Mourinho. 
the fans weren't calling at all for Thomas Tuchel. No Chelsea fan would have called for, for Tuchel to be sacked. Yeah, fair enough, the performances weren't as good as they were because obviously winning the Champions League, you kind of go into the next season thinking you're going to win the fucking league and you have high hopes, but when stuff doesn't go to plan, like, I think he just jumped the gun on sacking him. Like, I think it was very fucking premature. Um, So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to call for, for Potter's head every single time that I get the chance to. Uh, even when we win, I'm going to be extremely critical of his performances and his tactics because... He proved against Brighton there that he made a bollocks of it. Team selection was wrong, for one. And formation starting off again was wrong because he stuck with the same thing that he'd done against Manchester United and changed it after five or ten minutes. Or no, what was it, 30 minutes? Uh, changed it after 30 minutes because it was Manchester United, but didn't do it because it was Brighton. And then we ended up getting fucking spanked for it. So, like, where's, where, where do we draw the line there? So I'll just ask one more question before I let you in. Uh, sorry, Connor. Um, the 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 ownership now are they under an awful lot of pressure for this to work out for them? This managerial appointment because as you said, it was kind of a a shock move to get rid of Tuchel and get him in. So they're under a lot of pressure for this to work now. If it doesn't work out, do you think they'll have the fans on their backs? Well, me personally, I am gonna get on. The, uh, well. Look, I think Paddy May you talked a little bit about it when we were when we had the little reaction video after the match that it looked like Todd Bowley was the person to take over, was the right person. Um but he, he's after putting needless pressure on himself by second two till very early. And yeah, I think that the talk of him investing a load of money into the club sounds great. The the link with all the, the transfers that we could potentially get in sounds great. But we have to see these things come into play. So he's got a manager in so far. He's done one thing. And for me, it, it's, it was the wrong appointment. I know he's probably thinking that that's what all the, the Chelsea fans want because they're all local, local Londoners who want a, a homegrown manager to be to be great. He's one of our own, one of their own as such. I don't give a bollocks about it because I'm not English. So I'd rather have an experienced... Yeah, I'd, exper- I'd rather have an experienced French manager than a fucking English manager doesn't bother me um so in terms of him being under pressure yeah he probably will be but i don't think to the extent where it's the glacier situation no 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 yeah jesus no no i don't think um, don't think it's not definitely not that right, connor sorry over to you my friend that's that's not really you know i'm thinking we should go light this week you know what's what's the point of talking negative all the time about, about clubs in general so Oh, come on. Do you know what? I don't mind talking negative about it because I'm happy to voice my opinion that I want the manager sacked and I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. Who knows it? Um, I don't like Potter as a manager. Um, doesn't excite me. Doesn't get me juices oh. from And it's 1 0 to Napoli. <laughs> <laughs> and you love to see it. You absolutely yeah. love to see it. And Connor's hanging yeah. his head in shame. And lads, that's where I'm going. Oh, his camera's gone. His camera's gone. He's gone. And this is is, is exactly why I am taking... (laughs) I'm I'm getting off the Chelsea match. I'm moving straight on to the Liverpool game. Connor, to rub salt in your (laughs) mouth. Yeah, you've lost 2-1 to Leeds at home. Talk to me about this one. Good side. Great manager. The head belief. What more do you want? (laughs) Celebrate birthdays. Goal check for VAR. He's offside. That's all right. Don't worry about I it. Fucking suck a dick. He wasn't. Exactly. No, it wasn't him. Was. It wasn't Austin him. Was offside. 
No, the oh, fact that was a goal wasn't offside. That's a goal, isn't it? Yeah, that's a goal, all right. Come on, Napoli. Yeah, so Connor, um, oh, look, where do you, where do we start? We 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 touched on it last week. We couldn't give you a proper grilling last week because you you went into hiding, but we did get a little bit of a, that, a, a reaction give, to give you what I thought. So I didn't want to be yeah. that fella who goes into hiding. I know, like, and the I get that. Yeah, was very good, actually. By the way, as well, very good. I'd say, yeah, yeah. The impression Definitely. of he was very good as well. I thought both of us nailed the impression of you and Fred. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so well, I, listened, I, I listened back last week, and in fairness, both of us on the Monday doing it nailed what Paddy was going to say before he said it. So like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were like, yeah, and then Paddy's probably going to be saying this, and he'd already fucking said it in the podcast. So I don't know when we were going to say <laughs> that. <around. laughs> so Connor, what like? We have to we have to go on to Klopp being under pressure, and I know it's a it's a touchy subject for Liverpool fans because, like we said, he's done a lot for the club. Is he now under pressure? Like that's a home loss against Leeds. There's there's I don't think there's pressure on him. There's pressure on Pep Linders, the assistant, because he released a book two weeks ago about the style of football, and now all of a sudden the style of football is non-existent. So. <sighs> I definitely be having words with. Not, I'm not saying the, the fans are looking for his head, but as if I was Jurgen Klopp, why are you releasing a, a fucking book about the style of football Liverpool play um, while you're still in charge? Save that for when you retire, you know. But um, that hasn't helped things because he's put out his book about high press football, and it's like there's enough. Yeah, because nobody knew that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's, that's, new, that's new to us. In fairness, um, <laughs> but. Yes, it's hard, to, it's hard to look because I don't want him to go and I think he is the reason that Liverpool are, aren't further down the league and had challenged for so long. Um, that squad, we looked at it last season, at the start of last season, we said it wasn't good enough to challenge. And yeah, they didn't win a hell of a lot, but they challenged on all fronts. That's all I wanted. And we started this season, I said the squad wasn't good enough to challenge and this is the year where it's actually coming back to to what we all thought, really. Um, I'm just hoping that this is the final. The the owners have taken money out of Liverpool without investing. And I hope this is the reason why. Uh, Here we go. Offside. I know. I know. It's offside. Grant, happy days. Fuck. Fuck you. No, I, I just really want some depressing music to be playing here while they're talking. <laughs> I just really called for investment now. And that's... Anyway, I, I, the last three seasons I've sat here and said I need a new midfielder. Need a new centre half, and but let's the borrow about your defence because you've got Van Dijk, supposedly one of the best defenders in the world, and Allison, one of the best keepers in the world, and they're making an awful lot of mistakes this season. Yeah, but you picked two out of five there, Paddy. What about the other three? There was yeah. never, there was never confidence in the way Trent defended when Liverpool didn't have the ball, and they always had 80 90 percent of possession, so there was never an issue. Um. Don't that's what you had it for. That's what you're applying for. He's a great defender when he doesn't have to defend. It's <laughs> fucking deadly. We didn't need to defend for years. Yeah. Was that no, because? Of, do you reckon? Defend. Do you reckon that's because of? Um, because of Mane is high press, like as in the work rate he he gave for for his kind of higher up the pitch. But like there has to be another thing though, because you, like we do say that Mane is the the reason that the ball is kind of coming out a lot quicker than usual. But like, what about your midfield? Like your well, midfield, they still have to go through a midfield then. That's what I was saying. That 
I don't think Mane was the one who starts the press, yes, but midfield, and I think Carragher and Neville said it two months ago and it still hasn't changed, is midfield are still letting the opposition midfield turn with the ball and play passes past the high line, which is always going to be dangerous. There's not the legs in that midfield that they used to be with Wijnaldum, with Fabinho, who has gone completely off the boil. Um, and then there's obviously this rotation between uh, Keita being injured, Thiago not being fully fit the whole time. Look at this bullshit. Oh, I, I, that's the goal. Like, Sorry, Vars that are coming up here with this new assistant yeah. decision thing. It's absolute horseshit. Just, I like it. But how real is it? Like, is that just not a fella that's drawn it himself to make it look obvious, do you know? I'd say you take a still picture and you're able to just, just manipulate it to, to get to a certain angle of it. Like, I like the way they do that. Why? How would it come it took four minutes if it was the image? Is that clear? I think they're trying to determine there where the where the lowest point where they're he can actually use the score. Like, you know, Marla. It looks yeah. like Marla, yeah, yeah, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's with <laughs> Marla. Images. Love the smell of Marla. Bring back Marla. But no, it's just the, the, the midfield is what's needed. There's, there needs to be an engine. There needs to be a box-to-box player in there, and there's not at the moment. There's just... There's no one who can do it. Well, who's to blame? James Milner starts right now, do you know? Who's to blame, though? Because, like, seriously, it has to come down to really... Look, the book stops with the coach. If the if the coach... Look, obviously, Klopp is one of the best coaches in the world. He's been there for so long. But he's seen this demise for a long, long time. And he knew it would reflect badly on him if his team are going to be playing bad. So maybe he just was a blind spot and he missed it. And now they're just, he can't get them back up after last season, the disappointment of last season. So it has to be down to the coach. But he's come out during the summer and said that he wants more midfielders, but that's just not something that they can do. So is that that he doesn't have the funds? I don't know. But we go back to this thing about, I'm not going to, oh, here's fucking, good save. Um, I'm not going to go out and slate my employers and they're paying me fucking wages, you know? No matter what yeah. they do, I'm not going to say something in the public eye because um, I'm getting cash off of it. So if that's the case, but he has come out and said that he wants more players. He wanted a midfielder. He wanted a box-to-box midfielder. He mentioned midfielders by name who apparently they bid for and didn't win bids for it, but how, how real is that, I don't know. He mentioned Federico Valverde. Whether a bid went in or not, I don't know. He mentioned... Aurelio uh, Tushimeni, he went to Real Madrid. You mentioned your man Camavinga for Real Madrid. Did bids actually go in for these players? Who the fuck knows? Do you not think, you know, like, see, see the way you were saying about, like, you, you, you doesn't want to say anything about your employer, and obviously fucking, you, you don't obviously say anything about your employer because they pay your wages, but do you not think he's at the stage now where, you know, when you get so comfortable that you, you kind of, not you start giving a fuck, but you get, you get a bit more braver and you start kind of, Saying a little bit more and pushing, pushing the boat out a little bit more. Like, do you not reckon he's 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 well within his right to start doing that now and actually calling out the fucking owners for not for not giving money? Like, surely he has to. Like, I would say he's the least right? he's the least comfortable he's probably ever been in that seat. Yeah, because he's gone. He, he took over obviously at a low point with very little expectation, went up and now fallen off a cliff. So there's a lot more expectation on the shoulders of that team. If that was that team eight years ago. He took over. We wouldn't really give a shit at the moment, you know. But because he got the success, now it's questions of what's happened. Um, I do think bigger impacts than Mane was losing those impact players like 
Minamino, Origi, those fringe players who came in to change things. Mm. Liverpool can't change things after 70 minutes now. There's no impact players on the bench, especially when you have your Luis Diaz, those kind of players that were injured. So they, they are missing impact. So, well then, but that, that's even a, a bigger case than for being down to the coach because whatever about him not being able to sign players, but for him to allow those players to live and not fight them. And when you come into this summer transfer window now, um, he started at the club, it was a rebuilding job. He was there for a few seasons and he got he's having great success. But because the, the squad has deteriorated now pretty badly, is it another rebuilding job? Is it another two, three seasons before you'd hope to see Liverpool back fighting for the league? I'd hope not. I think there is... Again, we go back to like the, the injuries and great. Is that something that happens in training? Is that poor medical assessments done when signing players? I don't know where the fucking book stops there, but there's been an unusual amount of injuries over the last number of seasons that... Clubs do go through injuries, but for some reason Liverpool are going through a hell of a lot more injuries than they said. It's either the training or it's they're buying players who are fucking crocs. Okay. Um, Connor, your your injury list is is Diego Jota, Matip, um, Melo, who doesn't even play, Luis Diaz, and Cater. Like Diaz is is the big one there. Like, and obviously maybe maybe uh, Matip there beside Van Dijk, but like I think I think the likes of Canate is probably on the same level as them. Like. You don't think that the only Kanate's real injury there... Well, Kanate's played 10 games in the last year and a half. He's not close yeah, to in... in the level of performance. Yeah, maybe sharpness is he's probably not, but like the, the, the main the main one there is Diaz. But the problem is your 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 lack of squad depth. Like when, when you look at kind of your bench, it's it's not the strongest bench in the world. You have a few people like that that could come on. Like the likes of Nunes and stuff like that, he'll come on, you probably get your goals a bit with Donkey at the same time. Like you have Fabio Carvalho. There's a there's a few players that can see. Yeah, if you're looking at tonight, look who's starting. James Milner is starting tonight. Yeah, but I mean Milner's not a fucking bad player. He's actually going after going off, but like like he's not the worst player. I know he's fucking old and he, and whatever. Like, he, is he a top four player? Do you want him in your midfield? No. But he no, he's definitely not. That's and, what I mean. But, but who else do you have? I know you have you have Thiago starting there and you have Fabinho, but like you, you don't have the, the squad depth. I never said we did have the squad. I just said that getting rid of impact players was a reason why Liverpool can change things. I don't but understand what the question that, is. that should be picked up over years rather than just all of a sudden. So you're saying season. it's the manager's fault. The well, yeah, because I'm saying he he has to. I know, like you, you, well, like you're saying there is like if the if the owner's not investing, if he's putting in, if he's actually putting in these bids for players, but like an agent squad and and a kind of a. A weakening squad over years is very obvious to to anybody that that's a Liverpool fan. You've had a really really strong eleven and really got lucky without injuries over the last two or three seasons. I know he's had Van Dijk and stuff like that getting injured, but he's able to kind of overcompensate with the likes of Salah and Mane scoring fucking well, forty goals this season for four, four months last season. Yeah, but you're, yeah, well, but last season maybe, for maybe. seven months last season. Yeah, but Van you're Dijk able to overcompensate. Last season, last season wasn't you didn't win on last season, so. Last season, two trophies last season. Um, yeah, you just. I'm just saying, you're saying that injuries didn't pay a part, and then we've picked four of the top four of the last three or four seasons who are out injured for the majority of well, best part of the season. Salah wasn't out for the majority of the season, but Firmino was, Van Dijk was, um, and Salah was out for four months or whatever it was. 
I just think I just think the injuries is just a fucking it's a shit excuse. I know it's obvious. It's an obvious excuse. Like it it's is. Not, an it's thing. not an excuse. I've also said that there there isn't enough people in the squad. There they should yeah, have the reason. They should have replaced those fringe players. But it seems to me that the book has to balance, and that's what that's what I came down to. Shipping Origi off with a decent, like a decent size wage, shipping Neko mm-hmm. Williams off for twenty million, shipping Minamino off for eighteen and a half million. These seem to be book balancing exercises as opposed to improving the squad. Yeah, because you're not really getting anything to replace them. Like, but the no. commercial side mustn't be great then, because like they're they're finishing high in the Champions League and the Premier League every single season. There's a lot of prize money there. They're not like in, in transfers. They're they're doing well in terms of you know net spend. So is it commercially they're just not great? As no, Liverpool club? Liverpool are one of the few Premier League clubs who are consistently turning profits. As a, as a as a commercial entity, they have turned profits. Massive great. fan base, but but is the but because the, because of that great statement that they have as the owners, that's to come to the detriment of the squad, and you can see that now. They they they, they saw they had an opportunity not to invest because the squad was doing well, and it was just a money maker. Thing only came out from James Pierce. He's a a journalist during the week that um. LeBron James is obviously an investor in Liverpool. Invested four and a half, five million, I think, a couple of years ago. LeBron James has taken over a hundred million out of Liverpool in the last four years. From his returns and his investment, it's not his fault. He's an investor. How much did he, he put in? Back. He put in just under. I think it was under. It was under ten million. I think it was ten million dollars, give or take. And he's gotten back how much? Over a hundred million. He's 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 wiped his shares out and he sold on basically from obviously. His annual returns plus selling on, he's he's, sure, he's earned good bank out of Liverpool. So good enough, good business man. It, it's it's great for him. Fair play to him. But there's there's money there's money in or sorry there's money out of Liverpool into uh, Fenway Sports Group, which is probably where he put his money into his investment, yeah. and they got dished out. We don't know whatever way the the venture capital group works, and. Um, but it, it, I do think they saw Liverpool as that cash cow where we don't really need to do too much. It'll turn us money while we put our focus into, like I think they've invested in AC Milan now as of this season. They put a lot of money into AC Milan with signing your man to Kestrel and stuff, like big money signs at AC mm. Milan. I don't know what their share ownership is. I'm not going to say that's the reason why, mm. but I think you don't, you don't want your you don't want your owners own more than one. If club, they want, really. if they want to keep getting the earnings they're getting out of Liverpool, investment has to go in first. And then, you, yeah, they, they, you can see now they're probably saying that Liverpool are probably from a stock price or they're they're at one of the top levels they're going to get. So AC Milan now are prime now to bring up. You know, if they get them more successful, that's when their share prices fly through the roof. They make a lot of money on them. So invest in them now. Speculate. We also, we also bought Liverpool at a dirt price because. Gillette and Hicks wanted to do real yeah. quick, real sharp, because Liverpool went through that thing kind of similar to what United are at the Glaciers, where they called for the head of the owners. They needed to get out to save some investment, and they they took it at a a dirt cheap price. It was yeah two hundred and sixty million or whatever it was. Um, See this thing of owning two clubs, Paddy. Like you're just saying there. Um, I think the only way that works is if you own like a like a like. Class them as like a parent club, where there's a different level 
of feeder club and, parent club, yeah, yeah, the feeder yeah, club, yeah. yeah. So it that's I think that's the only way it really works. Um, if, like if you're saying that the, the guy that owns Liverpool wanted to buy AC Milan, like that's that's mad in my opinion. Because what if they meet in the Champions League? I know it's a team as a team, and it's look at the end of the day for him, it's just an investment in it. But you know, as a as a supporter of a certain club, you're probably not getting the full attention that the club may need because there's time and money spent elsewhere. Fenway, Fenway Sports can't have the resources there to be able to fund two top flight European clubs to be consistently successful over a long period of time. I think they're also looking on the other side like the Italian league not flying at the moment. Can I get any worse or can I just get better? And I know we're saying it from a football supporters point of view. They're not football supporters. Yeah. They don't give a fuck what happens mm. if their investments turn money. And fair like I'm not saying fair play to them, but that's they gain their in for business. They yeah. put up the cash. There's not a lot we can do. But it's the it's a sad reality of it. I think and again, just gonna go back to the actual team, the team and and Klopp and the, the players have covered that up for a lot because I said you're not gonna if United turn win won the league for four years in a row. Or challenge for the league for four years in a row, or got fire in Europe for four years in a row. There won't be protests outside looking for the Glazers' heads. You still sure, hear they're gone already. Fucking tr- a couple of results. Well, but this, this, this is this is not. Yeah, the, you the, you'll the, hear him and of it, but you won't see protests. It's only when yeah. teams start to struggle that's when. You yeah, start but let's talk about the consistency here because you're talking about their United if they won it three or four times in a row, and we've seen managers, top managers at Liverpool, seen at City now, seen at United, seen at Chelsea. That when they're there for well, not really at Chelsea, but when you see them there for a long period of time and they're rebuilding teams. Now I only say Chelsea because they they're short term yeah, managers. Yeah, they've yeah. they've turnarounds, you know what I mean? So no, you see at these clubs that Chris is in for the long term. He's a he's a lifer. <laughs> but he with Klopp being there now for needing to be there for what, six, seven, seven years now, he's going to be there for another three maybe. This should be his second squad now, and it still feels like his fourth squad. That's really really aging, and it's going to be another rebuild, a big rebuilding job. To get this back to catch City because they're nowhere near City, a million miles away. No. Yeah. But that must be sad as a supporter, and that has to come down to the coach then. So, like, what do you do then? Like, if you see the coach then doesn't have the resources either, it's a tough one, I know, as a supporter. Um, That's why I was saying about the, the like the uh, coach or the manager, Klopp in this case, coming out and maybe saying, like, look, we need fucking investment and, and kind of not like, like I was saying, not saying that you don't give a bollocks, but. You kind of say, right, well, look, I've, I've done my bit. I've had a successful um, mm. couple of years with the club. Now it's time for me to start getting what I deserve and my money and my me building my reputation as well. Yeah, exactly. That's all I mean. Like, yeah. He's only got one job left in football, and that's the national team of Germany. That's him yeah. going. I don't think he cares about that reputation that he has because he'll walk into a German job with Hansi Flick goes. My big fear is... If Liverpool keeps struggling this season and if Germany have a poor World Cup, where does that set the German FA to offload mm-hmm. Hansi Flick next season to try bring him in? He still has four years left on the contract, so it'll be expensive. And on the flip side of it, I can see that being the reason why Liverpool keep him. Because they're not going to fucking try to buy him out of his contract, which is no. probably 15 million for another three years to yeah. bring in somebody else. It's not within their interest. They might as well leave him there until things start to really turn from but, a point of view. But, That's only when yeah, but, but, but when does that happen? Because, like, look at this stage. We we know now that it's not, it's not, we're not entirely blaming Klopp because we can see the squad isn't up to the scratch that it should be up to. 
But if you start going into next season where you've gone through another two transfer windows and you've had a lot of time to during the season to assess where you really are, next season, if you perform at the same level that you have been this season, does that then start turning on? The, like, do the fans then start turning on it? I can or did he start going protests with, like, fucking United doing with the Glaciers? I can see him saying something next summer if this year turns out as bad as it looks, as in regards to investment needed. Yeah. It's hard to call for investment <clears throat> after. Like, obviously, last year, they didn't really win anything big, but on a whole, everyone was pretty happy with how the season went, especially yeah. me, seeing how I had them fourth in the league, I had them get knocked out of the Champions League in the last 16, and I had them winning nothing, basically. So, yeah. to where it finished off, happy out. I think it's hard to go and say we need investment after that. People will tell you, shut the fuck up. If it's a bad season, it's a lot easier to say invest. And I think that's when we will see him step out. Or if he doesn't step out to say it, I can see him walking, to be honest. I just I just think it's just a massive turn from last season, challenging for a quadruple, losing one player and then all of it, one one major player. We're gonna call a major player. Obviously, you've lost the likes. I mean, you don't fucking Divock Origi. Yeah. But one minute, one major player, and all of a sudden now we're fucking sitting where you're seventh in the league or something. But a major player, where you wouldn't have thought it was the it was such a vital cog to the wheel. Like, you wouldn't last, because there's actually there. there's actually another vital cog in there that I think is the reason why. And like, I have no explanation for. It. I have no reason, and I I can't understand why Luis Fabinho is as bad this year. Yeah. As he is, yeah. he's he's actually I, I only saw a statistic again. James Pierce put it up on Twitter during the week. Luis Fabinho has lost possession more times this season than he has won possession. How many times have you put in to like WhatsApp groups, Collie, when Liverpool played Chelsea about the the length of his fucking legs? Because he just won yeah. the ball, the ball stuck to him, mm-hmm. and I think that is a a really big. I can't even see him getting into a, the Brazilian squad for the World Cup. Like I, no. I can't see him getting close to Casemiro, Fred, no. these kind of players who play in, in in deep roles for Brazil. So I don't. I, I if he shores up the midfield, shores up, and the pressure kind of comes off a little bit. But I, I, I honestly, there you go. Just fucking taking your man out of it. Like <laughs> I don't know what he's yeah. what, but, what he's at but, this season. I don't know if he's too old. Is the intensity too much for him? Can he? Does he have it in his legs season after season? One last no, one no, no. before one last one before we move off to onto Manchester United. Um Virgil van Dijk. Like what's happening here? We're gonna we're gonna put them in, in we're gonna put them all together. We're gonna say your defense because Trent, we've we know like people are singing now we know the type of Liverpool fan that was saying this he was the best right back in the world. We not Connor myself and yourself know types of Liverpool fans that have been saying that. Um What's gone wrong in terms of your defense this season? What a ball, Trent. That is a great ball. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but there's a lot there's a lot gone wrong, and like that was the major reason why he's actually won the league. I thought because he's got the likes of Van Dijk and Allison in, and they completely changed the whole thing. They they allowed just to do other things. This season it just doesn't seem to be happening for Van Dijk in particular and Trent, two of your best performing players over the last three years. I've never seen. Liverpool give up as many chances. Well, I've never seen. I've definitely seen them give up loads of chances. But I mean, <laughs> in the last kind of couple of years, I've never seen them give up as many chances. Yeah. And the bit that's annoying me about Van Dijk is the standing off players. 
it's almost like yeah he's wrapping himself in wool for the World Cup. That's what it's like, which isn't is, it? Which is is wrong because the Dutch team don't pay him. Yeah, whatever they pay him, but they don't pay his wages week in week out. They're not. Yeah, well, usually, usually so, them wages go to fucking charities or something like that. Yeah, they're they're not your employer. So work yeah. for your employer first and foremost, um, and that's what it looks like. But again, if, if is it this thing where you had this inflated thing because Liverpool kept clean sheets? Like mm. Allison played his two hundred game last week. Allison's kept over hundred and two clean sheets in those two hundred games. They're not coming yeah. this season, and they haven't come in the last couple of months. So you can knock twenty five games off of that and see how many clean sheets he has been keeping. So they, they weren't conceding chances. Are they getting more exposed now, and they're actually showing flaws? It, that's what it seems like to me. Um, when 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 you can go at them, when you can run at them, when you can isolate the people like Van Dijk, when, you, when we know if you isolate Trent, what you can get out of them. And it was it covered up because Fabinho was winning the ball back first, because the front three were winning the ball back high up the pitch and they weren't being exposed. I think that's what it is on the flip side of it. Van Dijk standing off. He never did that before. He never stood off players. And now he Same has this time, thing yeah. where straight away he'll, he'll give them two yards to shoot. Protecting himself for the World Cup is what it looks like to me. Fair enough. Right, uh, we're going to move off to the pressing topic of Liverpool and Chelsea. We're going to move on to something that might cheer Paddy up. Even more depressing. Yeah, even more depressing. The start the podcast on a high rather than fucking the last 40 minutes of the pressing. Paddy, Paddy, are you happy? You fucking loved it, Paddy. You loved it more than this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Paddy, are you happy? Yes or no? Extremely happy, right? We're gonna and move then on. More right. so, and more then so the <laughs> There's some new stuff to talk about after the weekend. Come on, Paddy. Right, one nil against West Ham. Talk to me. What, what are you feeling? Well, let's start at the back. <laughs> uh, David De Gea's performance exceptional, but not only a shot stopping because we knew he could do that, but his distribution this season has improved dramatically compared to what it was last season and even at the start of this season. After the first two games, I think Ten Hag saw that was a massive problem. And where a lot of the confidence issues came with the, the back four and him was him on the ball. He just he couldn't control it. But his distribution is a lot better now. Um, and then Ten Hag even got a clean sheet out of Harry Maguire. So <laughs> I, I said, I think it was an Instagram Instagram live or last week that if he can coach Harry Maguire to become a linchpin in that defence and a successful defender that's getting consistent clean sheets, he's has to be counted as a really, really good coach. And I think he is shown that he's one of the best coaches around at the moment. Um, the weekend was a very resilient performance. Uh, West Ham were really good. We were under the cosh for long parts of the game. Um, I think the fatigue got in from the games over the, the, the previous two weeks. And you could see it there. But again, we defended very, very well. Finished out 1-0 result. And uh, yeah, good, good good weekend all around. Um Paddy, moving on to comments that I kind of made on the live that kind of surprised you. Um, I'll get Connor's thoughts on what I've said and and does he think I'm probably jumping the gun a little bit. I was just talking about Ten Hag in terms of how he handled the Ronaldo situation and we were kind of saying, like, what were my thoughts on the whole situation? And I was kind of comparing the handling of it to something that we haven't seen from Manchester United in a long time where a manager has kind of stood up to a player and showed a bit of bollocks. And it reminded me of, I hate saying about the, the Fergie era, where you had Fergie kind of demanding that respect and getting that respect from the from Charles the players. David Beckham. 
Yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm fucking something me eye. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> but but it is it is very and I, I was saying it to Paddy, it is a worrying thing for everyone that's not a Manchester United fan because of seeing how Ten Hag handled that situation. Um because it looks to me like he's got a fucking pair of bollocks and he's got a personality and he, he knows how to man manage players, which Fergie was probably an expert at. Um would you agree with them type of comments or do you think they're probably a bit much? I probably agree with it, but we've also seen the opposite side of players who know how to handle or sorry, managers who know how to handle players end up the opposite way as well. Like look when Mourinho came in, took a hard stance against the bullshit yeah. and the player won. So there's obviously is some boy back from the players in the dressing room to, to back the manager against the player specifically, yeah. maybe. I think that falls flat when you have too many of those type of players in your dressing room. I think the balance in there is right. You have a couple of those prima donnas, but you haven't got a dressing room full where you had a young Jesse Lingard, a young Paul Pogba, a dressing room full of of, of those individuals. Um, so if you can keep that balance right, it, it, the style of management works. Um, and again, I can't really see him going out and buying that kind of no flashy Instagram player, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, he's he's gonna bring in grafters. I think the problem is again if you if you go back to what Paddy said earlier about Liverpool is how far are they off of City, yeah, and what's available in the market to get them closer to City, and the fear is that the only people who are left available are flashy Instagram players. Yeah. <laughs> if you if if you if you want if you want to get there, I think. They will, they will be more ruthless, and they, we saw that. Like typically, you know, a game they will go one down and then come back and win two one, and there will be a great result, but there'll be cracks all over the place. Yeah. A one nil win where they are under the cosh for the last twenty minutes is not something that we've seen recently. It's easy to flip, so it's a different kind of win for United. And yeah, as you said, it hasn't been a win that they've seen since like the greats of like David Moyes and stuff. So yeah. I think uh, like. When I'm talking about like player management and stuff like that as well, and Paddy, you can chime in on this one. Like for me in particular, the, the three people that he's managed brilliantly in terms of what the fans want to see and what I think the squad probably want to see as well. One is the handling of Ronaldo and letting him know that he's not bigger than the club and, and the club doesn't revolve around him. Second one was Bruno Fernandes in terms of making him the captain. Which leads me on to the third one, which is Harry Maguire and taking him out of school, the, the club or out of the squad, dropping him. And then obviously, in turn, Fernandez gets the captaincy. So I think, in particular, them three handlings have been very good. None of them seem to, other than obviously the Ronaldo situation, like Bruno has, has completely flipped his game because last season we all thought, right, he'd he done it for one season, the season before, he was brilliant. Um, there's a goal. Yeah, goal. 1-0 to Liverpool. Three more, three more on the top of the group. Jesus. Um. So, yeah, so I think, sorry, I think that the handling of the three of them players in particular is is what kind of impressed me. Um. And obviously the signing of Martinez, who seems to be a really good, aggressive defender that I don't think United have really had for a good while. Would you agree with that, Paddy? Yeah, United's backline has been really bad. But, yeah, with Ten Hag... 
and he had other options there for this weekend. So you could say, like, look, Harry Maguire is shit. Um, but Gareth Southgate is something in him, and he plays very, very well for England. Um, yeah. He did play well for Leicester while he was there. Um, and he did have a good season for United as well. But I think the confidence of the whole team just went. Again, there was too many... Uh, Connor around. There, there was too many rotten eggs in, in that fucking dressing room and yeah. I think it brought a lot of the players down and especially for Harry Maguire coming in as captain you had so many people that thought they were the, the, the main man in that dressing room it must have been incredibly difficult and it slowly ate away at his confidence um, but I think what Ten Hag done now was, which was really good, was to take him out of the squad for a little while, I know he got injured, I know he did get yeah. injured but he did get dropped at the start, but took, took him out of the squad for a while let him completely reset because this is what's after happening now. Because United now are on an upturn in form, all the fans now have forgotten about, you know, Harry McGorry's shit, you know, let's put all the blame on him. And he's allowed to come back, integrate back into the squad now, a successful winning squad. Yeah. And you can see there the weekend. A women's squad or a winning squad? What did I say? I thought I said a women's squad. And I was like, not winning squad. Yeah, no. Well, you identified for a couple of weeks there. That's how he got his confidence back. You know, <laughs> yeah. Women's squad. Um, yeah, but to see a manager like that tactically as well, um, to be able to make changes in the game, um, it seemed like Oligon Solskjaer was there for like more than the two years he was because tactically he was so inept against all other managers he came up against. Um, it's it was another see. thing we touched on, Paddy. It was that it was that whole culture comment that we used to always hear and we used to always take the piss out of where, like, they, they used to say, Ollie's bringing back the culture. And I used to always just say, was Manchester United's culture not winning fucking trophies? Like, And I always said to myself, why are they saying that? And I get the, the whole, like, he was there when Fergie was there and he's, he's a protege of Fergie no. from kind yeah. of looking at what he's, what he's, what he's taught him, like, but now I'm seeing this type of manager that's really controlling all the players and controlling the media even. He's, he's, he seems to be handling well. And that's what he, I class as the, the Manchester United culture as such, like rather than the Ollie thing. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. I'm, I think what United fans were talking about when they were saying the culture when Ollie came in was that the, the dressing room was poison yeah. um, when Ollie came in. And he started to fix that. You know, he started to make the place more harmonious. Now, again, it went back the other way then because tactically the players got frustrated and I think the confidence went down. And again, that's when you get problems in the dressing room as well because maybe he lost a little bit of respect for his lack, lack of technical knowledge. I think what you've got in Ten Hag now is you've got the whole package. You've got someone that's keeping the dressing room and the squad harmonious and tactically he knows what he's doing as well. And the players respect him for his technical knowledge tactical knowledge in the game as well. Yeah, so it's, fair yeah. Um, Connor, have you anything else to Nah, fucking no. <laughs> Paddy, have you anything else that you want to cover before we move on to having a look at the fancy football and then the weekend's fixtures? No, Paddy, that's great. Thank you. Right, lads. Um, that was. He's already came. Yeah, yeah, he's done. <laughs> <laughs> finished. <laughs> right, lads, we're going to move on to the fancy football now. Right, I'm going to pull up the screen again. If anybody's watching or listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, this is where you go over to YouTube yeah. and you can see some fantastic stuff. Um, right, lads, up on the screen, fancy football. So I suppose my, my team's on the screen there, so I'll start off with mine. Uh, average of 59 points, lads, and I got 65, so slightly above average. The highest of the week was 134, um, which is fucking mad. 
Uh, Ariza Balaga getting goal, conceding four goals and then going off injured. Not great. Um, so not not a top performance from Kepa. Uh, then we have Bourne, who got me six points. We have Dallow, who got me nine. And then Saliba, who got me seven. Um, I had Rashford in, who scored a fantastic header. Uh, I have Pereira, who got me three points. De Bruyne got me 11. Martinelli with eight. Zaha, who I was going to take out, and I kept saying to the lads of work, I was taking out Zaha, and I was putting in Joe Linton. And I said, fuck it, I won't, because I know if I do that, Zaha will score two goals because he was at home. And I fucking didn't do it, and fucking Joe Linton ended up scoring two goals. Um, so sick over that one. Uh, then Jesus and Kane up front. I think a lot of people had a feeling Haaland wouldn't start, so everybody made sure their voice captain pick was the best pick they could do. Um, then I took Tarkowski on the bench with six points, and then Zoom as well, who kicks cats, so he wasn't going to be doing Um Right, lads, on to the next person's team. Um, Paddy, want to talk through your team here? Good week. Yeah, good good week this week. Um, not for the Tottenham keeper, though, unfortunately. Um, Tottenham lucky again this week. 2-0 down, 3-2. People say, oh, they were brilliant to come back and all, but no, they were shocking um, the last couple of weeks. And, yeah, I suppose we've got to do predictions in a while. But, yeah, he, they didn't do great. Um, defence done very well then. If you move down, uh, CB7, Trippier 11, Char 6. 11. Like, Newcastle are doing so well. Performing yeah. so well. And then Cancelo 6 as well. Um Gonna have to change Fernandez now in the midfield. He's uh, banned for the next game after getting another yellow card. Uh, Martinelli, Almiron, Foden, and Rashford. I'm looking forward to the the world the the pick where we can start changing our whole team now during the World Cup. And then Jesus yeah. up top. Uh, Rashford be captain, obviously, but I done that yeah even before we started the weekend because I had an idea. Holland, Holland, even if he did play, would find it difficult at Leicester. I just had a feeling. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, right, and then yeah, Martial obviously injured, uh, Haaland and then Dyer on the bench. So, yeah. right, we'll move on to Connor's team if we can find it. Um, here we go, Connor, talk to me. Yeah, I uh, played wild card because I hadn't done fantasy football in a couple of weeks, so I said that's what I'll change everything. Um, <laughs> played a wild card, um, made a lot, of, made a lot of changes. Um, I think I changed pretty much everyone. Um, so I brought, as Paddy said, Newcastle defending pretty well, especially. And brought Nick Pope in and Fabian Sherrod back and they gave me six each. Cancelo has been there all season, got me another six, and the same as uh, Salibia. And then Connor Cody came in for uh, Haaland, obviously didn't play, and got me seven points with a yeah, nice clean sheet for uh, for Everton. Finally took out Pascal Gross and brought in Trossard. Didn't matter because Gross scored as well, <laughs> um, which is horseshit. Um, yeah. Pereira obviously getting three points for the clean sheet. Brian Almiron after scoring and getting two assists last week and then got himself um two goals this week or a goal and assist. Two and assist, I think. Let me just check. One uh, and oh, one one goal and an assist. Um, Kevin LeBron been a long stay in the team as well. Um so left him in, played well, struggled up front, um, captained Harry Kane, knowing that Hallam wasn't going to play. And he did fucking nothing. Um, he think he got a yellow card. That's why he only got the two points. And then Ivan Tony the same. Booking suspended for the next game, so I had to make yeah. some changes there. Um, and yeah, not much on the bench. But Zuma and I had the Silva from Brentford, who did absolutely nothing. Yeah, okay. happy. Uh, I think most have yeah, got in a, in a game week so far because it's like yeah. concentrate. So I'm trying to concentrate now going forward. <laughs> yeah. Well, you had an excuse. Think you're laying all day anyway. So you had an excuse, a good excuse. Uh, looking at the league table, lads, Ushin Kane is still top of the league. He's been there for a while. He's been he's been 
second and first. So uh, Ushian's still there. Uh, 862 points he's on. 61 points he had this week. Then we have Connor Ennis with Hanya. Um, great team name. A4867 points. James White comes up to tour place. A good week for him. 79 points. Uh, A46. Dean Fletcher, 77 points. A43. Collie Lamb drops a few to fifth with A42. 65 points this week. Uh, Johnny Murphy up to six with a three eight seventy four points. Uh, winner Bills Callum Warfield sixty nine points. Love that. A three five. Jack Butler up to or sorry down to eight with eight twenty two fifty five points this week. Poor week for you. Uh, Anto O'Rourke eight twenty sixty three points. And then staying in the top ten, we have Adam Nestor with eight hundred and eighteen points. Yeah, Haaland out. So, Paddy Minu had this last season, or sorry, last week, and we were questioning, uh, we were questioning Nestor's team name, and we were saying, is it a brand of oats? And Connor picked up on it. Connor, would you like to explain what this is? <laughs> yeah, so I listened to the pod last week, obviously, when I wasn't on it, listening on the bus going into work, and I, I heard, oh, yeah, it's a brand of oats um, for Haaland oats. Um, <laughs> Daryl Hall and Paul Oates, obviously, being a, a famous. Double act slash band pop band from the uh, from the eighties, um, which obviously didn't click with the musician or the other fella. So uh, a bit disappointed there. Yeah, so it's a band. Yeah, and, and you know what, buddy? I said the exact same thing, and then when I started playing some of the songs, I was like, actually, they fucking have some good songs. Oh yeah. really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, like most of them. What was it? What was, what's the main one? You're making my dreams come true. Ooh. Oh, there was another one. Anyway, I'm not I'm not fucking spending my time <laughs> on that because I fucked them. Uh right, lads, that's that's an update on the L fancy football. Uh we're gonna jump on to the predictions for this weekend. Right, lads, first match up. It's a doozy. Chelsea and Arsenal. Although it's actually not the first match, but look, it's it's the first one I'm talking about. Uh, Chelsea and Arsenal, lads. Obviously, Arsenal flying form, uh, top of the league. Chelsea, not so much. Um, how do we see this one going, Paddy? I'll come to you first. When is it on? It's on Sunday. Sunday. Half twelve or twelve. All right. So European football won't really affect it too much. Um. I don't see anything but an Arsenal win here, to be quite honest with you. Maybe a draw, but yeah, I'm going to give Arsenal ju- just a pip. Um, 1-0, I'm going to say, and Jesus to score. Okay. Uh, Connor, what do you think? Yeah, you would back Arsenal with the the form going into it, but they've been a little bit cagey against the like, top four, whatever you want to call them, um, so far this season. And yeah, They'll have gaps at the back. I know Chelsea are struggling to score goals, but even still, there is mistakes in there. Um, I'm going to call a draw. Chelsea yeah. being at home, I'm going to say two all. Um, but I am going to back Martinelli. Yeah, I don't. I don't see where Chelsea's goals are coming from. To be honest with you, um, especially with Potter not starting, fucking up Bamiang in the last game, um, and relying on Kai Havertz to score our goals. Uh, I don't think he. I don't think he's the man to score or or, or the brunt of our goals this season. So I, I think we really might struggle. Um, I'm gonna say. Bollocks. I'm gonna say one one. 
and I'm going to say it's got if Chelsea score, it's going to be a defender that scores it because our strike, our, our strike and fucking our forward line isn't isn't really doing the job. So I'm going to say one all, and I'm going to say. I have a feeling Aspilicueta might start because he should have started the last game. So I have a feeling Aspilicueta would start. If he does, he's going to score. Um, so that's where I'm going. Next one, lads. Uh, Villa and Manchester United. Connor, what do you think of this one? Um, yeah, I thought Villa was going to get the, the new manager bounce back last week, but then <laughs> absolutely slapped around the place. Yeah, they got it for um, one week. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure Stevie was fucking delighted watching them get absolutely yeah. rocked around the place. Um yeah, I think I don't think Emery was in charge. Um, no. so this should be his first game in charge at Villa. Good evening. Um, so if anything, we will get a, a good press conference out of them at least. But I'm sure they will be harder to score against. Again, I going forward, they have names in there, but is there quality in there to actually score goals against United, who have said have been a little bit more resilient this season? I don't think so. Um, a little bit tight. I can see it being a little bit caged like the West Ham game. I'm going to back United one nil. And okay. I'm going to say Ronaldo's Christy to get a goal. Paddy, what do you think? How do you think you're going to fare out here against Unai? I think it's been a long uh, first half of the season. I think uh, it's, the, the games are starting to catch up on the players from a fatigue point of view. With a big game on Thursday um, against Real Sociedad <laughs> to top the group. Um, so... But it's like it's, it's early enough, so it'll be back early on tour or back towards tonight, hopefully. So, um, but I got a, a, a slim United win one nil and Rashford to score. All right, uh, yeah, I think United are comfortably gonna win this one, lads. Oh. Goal, Nunes, come on, the horse, not even he could miss that one. <laughs> Van Dyke doesn't even want to celebrate with him. Um, it's because you robbed yeah. it. In <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, um. I'm going to say a comfortable 2-0 win for United. I don't think they'll be under much pressure. I think they'll dominate most of the game. And you know what I'm doing, Paddy? The exact same thing I was doing with Liverpool, where I said they were going to win every single game. Because if they <laughs> if I get this right, it's great. I can clip it. So I'm going to say a comfortable 2-0 win for Manchester United. Should be um, easy. They won't, they won't be under any pressure. Uh, they're going to dominate the game. And I'm going to say... I'm going to say Christian Eriksen will score. A free kick. Uh Right, lads, Spurs and Liverpool. Paddy, how do you think this one's going to go? Uh, I think Spurs will be Spursy, um, and I think Liverpool will win. Uh, well, Liverpool. I just do. Every time, <laughs> every time you, you think Spurs are coming back, and you know, yeah, they're looking good under Conte, and they just bottle it against one of the bigger teams. And I think this weekend will be another case of that. And I'd say Liverpool won't smash them, but um, 2 1. Um, I'll go over Salah to score. Okay, Connor, what do you reckon? Yeah, Liverpool not been, obviously haven't got the wins, but not been rolled over by, again, those top teams this season. They've all been tight enough games. Um, not picking up enough points on the road. Seems the majority of, well, it has been, like, I think 90% of their points have come at home so far this season. So, tight game. Um, I'm going to say a draw. I'm going to say one all. Um, and I will back Mo Salah. Okay. Um, I think I think Spurs are going to win this one, lads. Um, you spread it again. Happy days. <laughs> I think it'll be a handy win for Spurs. Uh, now I think Spurs will win probably two one. I think it'll be 
cagey enough game. I think it'll be a very open game. Um, but yeah, see, I see. How can it be cagey and open? Because <laughs> I, I feel like, I feel like it's gonna be end to end. Sounds like a bad prison. I feel it'll be end to end. I feel like the midfield won't, won't be cagey. Have anything to do with it. Well, it will be because they won't. They just won't be able to break each other down and it'll be back and forth and they'll. they'll Cagey you know, gonna do, do anything because you're afraid, like so you just... Yeah, but they're, they're gonna do it in on either end, like they're gonna be afraid to do certain things on either end of the pitch. So that's why I think it's gonna be open, but it's gonna be cagey. Spreading <laughs> your bets here, fucking hell. Yeah, I'm doing everything <laughs> here. I can really clip this one down. Uh like like you did uh, say clap out. What did we all heard it? Yeah. Um so I'm gonna say two Chris one. Parr. Chris Parr, I don't, don't know what you're talking about. Uh, two one two spores, and I'm gonna say son to score because he is my son. Um, right, lads, that's it. It's been a good episode. Hopefully, next week we can be a little bit happier, and Paddy might be a little bit sadder. The um, only good thing about it is, and I've been, I was looking earlier, they probably have three more games till the World Cup, which means they get like a month, a month and a half yeah, off. Yeah. Shit. So like, <laughs> I have to go through them three months with fucking Potter still as manager. Though I want, I want to. Game after game after game, loss after loss after loss. So he goes. Does it make it better or worse that we'll go worse, from man. Chris Potter to uh, Stephen King for like two weeks? Um, it's quite depressing. Stephen Kenny in. You heard it here. <laughs> <laughs> right, lads. We're going to call it a day. Um, We will be back next week. Same time? No, we're going to be back at 8 o'clock next week probably. Are we? Depends. Hopefully. It's way, it's way past my bedtime. Okay, right. Well, we'll be back next week at some stage. Who knows when it'll be? Uh, if you are watching on Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitter, make sure you follow, subscribe, like, comment, all that good stuff. If you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure you give us a five star rating or sound. Um, so Paddy, thanks for joining me this week. Thank you, and Connor, nice one. Cheers, lads. Right, we'll see everybody next week. Yeah.